0: Everyone, it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Welcome to Tub Talk Live, the live and interactive show for managed service providers. Now, today we're going to be exploring the world of outsourcing for MSPs. Think about it managed services is essentially asking your clients to outsource their IT to you as a managed service provider business. By doing this, your clients don't have to worry about their IT, they can concentrate on doing what they do best which hopefully is growing their business. It's a system that works extremely well with the managed service provider industry experiencing one of its biggest ever periods of growth. Despite all that, I think not too many MSPs outsource as much as they should. So what would it look like if MSPs were to outsource more of their work, allowing them to concentrate on growing their own business? Well, that's the topic we're going to be discussing today with my guest on Tub Talk Live, Jason Kemsley. Now, Jason is the Technical Director at Uptime Solutions, a UK-based MSP partner. Um, I'll I'll let Jason explain fully what he does, but in a nutshell, Uptime Solutions deliver white-labeled IT services and solutions to MSPs all around the world, including a bespoke and affordable solution to either replacing, expanding, or complementing complementing your MSP's service desk or help desk. So Jason is really well known and respected in our community. He's a good friend, somebody I've got a huge amount of respect for. He's an MSP evangelist, he's an event speaker, he's a world-class expert on outsourcing. So I'm thrilled to have Jason joining us here today. Jason, welcome to Tub Talk Live. How you doing, mate? Thank you so much. I thought you nearly said complimentary there, Richard. I was getting a bit nervous, <laughs> but, but no, that's
1: okay. Thank you very much for having me. As always, it's an absolute pleasure and it, it never feels like work when we get to talk. So um, appreciate it.
0: Oh, let's jump straight in. Yourself and uh, your colleague, partner, uh, other half in business, uh, Bradley Mundy, joined us on uh, Tub Talk on a podcast. Um, it was last year sometime, I think it was. And we got such yeah. good feedback on that. Um, but let's jump straight in and talk about what outsourcing is. So for anybody who isn't familiar with Uptime Solutions, perhaps hasn't listened to the earlier episode, how would you explain what your work is with MSPs? It as, as the world evolves, as we all evolve, my, my explanation has
1: got somewhat simpler over the years. Um, but where I'm at with my current explanation is we are effectively uh, a tech engine, and you can choose to use us for whatever parts you so wish to complement you as an MSP. Now, that could be a help desk perspective. That could be a SOC perspective. That could be a NOC perspective. All abbreviations
0: and terms that I'm sure all of us are familiar with. But effectively, we Sorry to interrupt your flow. We're not. It's the IT industry. We use far too many acronyms. So, uh, NOC, Network Operation System Center, correct? Center, yeah. Security Operations Center, correct. Good, and I will let you continue from there. But whenever we use acronyms, I want to explain it.
1: (laughs) I apologise. I use them so often they've become lost in my uh, in my brain. So yeah, the three core principles or services, if you like. And effectively, between those three, you can somewhat choose to uh, get assistance, create a partnership, create a relationship in which you get help and guidance and ultimately um, assistance delivering it. But without abdicating responsibility, which I know you talk a lot about, without just relinquishing control and handing off, but doing it in a controlled manner with an organization that is there to support you so that you can focus on the nitty gritty. And so when I talk about the engine, an engine is not necessarily what makes every car. It's what goes on around it, the you know the branding, the, the body work, all that type of thing. And so we're, we're a tech engine
0: and we're there to help you as little or as much as you may need. Makes sense. I want to talk a little bit more about Uptime Solutions, but I also want to welcome our live audience here today. We're streaming across YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, all over the place. So if you are joining us live, this is highly interactive. If you've got any questions at all for Jason, uh, please put them into the comments. We are monitoring all the channels. We will ask those questions as we go. In fact, I would challenge you. I love to do this with Jason. Put him on the spot. It's great seeing his face if he doesn't know the answer to a question. But it's never happened to me yet. So <laughs> um, <laughs> today is not the Jason, first, I hope. <laughs> I'm having some fun at your expense, but like the first thing I will say here publicly is like Uptime Solutions, since we last spoke on the podcast, has just experienced incredible growth. So uh, kudos on that. Congratulations to you, uh, Brad, the entire team on the growth of the experience there. One of the reasons I believe uptime has grown and become one of the fastest growing uh, players in the MSP space is your focus on personalised service. Can you explain to me how you do that personalised service? And uh, for anybody who's not familiar, you use a pod system, don't you? Absolutely.
1: So it's a a well-known thing for MSPs that – Typically, you start as a one-man band, or you start a couple of you, and you have a hyper focus on delivering a personable, uh, custom to some degree support experience. And then, as you start to scale, you realise that doesn't quite work. I need to change it slightly. Now, what we've focused on from from day one, essentially, is maintaining that regardless of our growth. So, any partner that joined six years ago, or a partner that joins tomorrow, will experience that personable touch throughout their journey. So we use a pod-based model. And the pod-based model, in really simple terms, is a team of six engineers that is aligned to an MSP. And that MSP gets to deal with that team of six for, the, for their ongoing duration until they outgrow it. So if your customer calls on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock or they call a Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock, they will speak to one of those six people and experience a quite custom service to some degree, but with the you know standard best practice in place and all of the good measures to make sure they deliver a consistent service. And the beauty of that is two things. For us as a provider, our average ticket times often a little lower because we know the networks a bit better. Maybe we we're on that server just recently dealing with something. And secondly, it helps us tremendously with trend analysis. As an organization, we want to deliver value. And so if we can see something's happened before the week, the week just gone or a couple of weeks before that, the pod-based model is fantastic for building out that trend analysis and knowing what's going on and when for the customers. So absolutely, it's it's one of our key selling points, if you like, although I'm a bit hesitant to use that word, but it's definitely a big differentiator between us and, and many of the other outsourcers out there.
0: And I think it works really, really well for you. It's, uh, I won't say a game-changing way to do things, but it definitely differentiates you. I first came across the pod model years ago. Um, So um, I often speak to MSPs, especially smaller MSPs, about the biggest interruption in their lives is the telephone. You know, they get interrupted by telephone calls all the time. I say, well, work with a, a call answering service. And they say, oh, no, I couldn't do that. Because when people phone for me, they expect to hear a member of my team and not somebody outsourced. I worked with a company uh, called Moneypenny, and they had – pods. So, when you called, you got through to, and it was typically one of a couple of three people, uh, and those um, uh, objections to uh, call handling went away because of the pod system. So, I mentioned earlier on that I'm shocked that more IT companies, more IT outsourcers don't outsource more. Why? What do you think the biggest resistance that you see to MSPs embracing outsourcing? Why don't more MSPs outsource? It's funny, Richard, just quickly before I mention that you were just talking yeah. about the money piece.
1: Um, isn't it so interesting how our preconceived notions uh, are so actually far away from the truth and, and what yes. the customers actually expect? And I think that's a great point in this industry is we do sometimes have, and I'm going to come on to it now with the, the what gives people hesitations. But these preconceived ideas we have actually often aren't necessarily based on data or or what the customer expects so it's really interesting to see that you had that and we've had many instances of it, instances of it over the years as well I, I used to think an MSP will only join us if if I hold their hand through the journey and it's only me and no one else touches it but that's not the case actually you just need someone personable polite respectful you know all of the good things and um, be a human. Um, to go on to your, your specific question about sort of what prevents someone it's Typically one thing and one thing only, and uh, this is meant in the most polite way, but it's typically ego. Yeah. Um, it is a well-known fact that this in this industry we have a, a huge amount of successful entrepreneurs and successful business people that actually were techs, and they've fallen into the position. What that means is we're all very guilty of making judgment calls based on our feelings rather than data or, you know, typical business decisions. And so the number one thing that we find is actually someone just wanting to keep an, their control and and almost be able to say, I employ X number of people to some some degree. So um, that's a barrier that we often reach time, time and time again, we see it. And then we, what we typically find is a year later or a year and a half later, once that MSP's experienced a little bit of growth, a little bit of growing pains, the things that you know, most mature businesses start to go through, they very quickly realize and, and U-turn. Um, and it goes back, we was talking about the engine before. I'm yeah. sure once upon a time, Peugeot did not like the idea of buying another brand's engine to put in their car. But it's business and, and there are benefits to it. And the benefits are uh, unfortunately screamingly obvious sometimes, right?
0: <laughs> absolutely so I said I enjoy putting you on the spot as a friend and I do that in the most loving way because I've oh, never no. seen you not answer a question yet but let me put you on the spot really early on in our conversation here when is outsourcing not a good fit for an MSP
1: uh, two two parts so the ego piece if, if you want to if you are obsessed with this idea of building out a team and you really want to do that, I would suggest you don't outsource because there is a subconscious part of all of us that will prevent that from working in some way, shape, or form, or whether that be focusing on the negatives, whatever that may be. Um, I guess it's kind of like me being an iPhone user, buying a, an Android. I'm never going to like it because I set myself up not to like it. Um, the the other point is very much uh, embrace embracement, I guess, is, is the second thing. If you are assuming that outsourcing means goodbye, Mister Customer, I get to walk away, go on holiday, do whatever I would like, fifty-two weeks of the year. Again, outsourcing is not necessarily for you. The main reason being, we complement each other; we don't replace either. So, uh, Richard, you—I know you—it st- it sticks in my head like like it was yesterday. You often talk about the the abdicating responsibility when you're outsourcing. Um, that is definitely, we are here to power you and be that engine, as I said, but we're not here to replace you. You still, that is your customer. That is is—is your friend, your long-term professional colleague, whoever it is that you've got a relationship with. They're your customer and we are working with you to power it and effectively deliver the best service desk support, whatever it is it may be you've taken. So please don't come into it thinking that you can just relinquish control. We want to learn from you what that customer likes, dislikes, their quirks, because every network's got a little quirk. And we want to learn that from you and then enable you to be able to take some time out of the business, work on the business, all of the good things that we all long
0: for. Yeah. And I don't want to go too far off topic here, but I speak to a lot of MSPs and it's not just outsourcing. It is delegating uh, projects so you could have a virtual assistant, you could be bringing in a, an external uh, marketing company. And you and I have talked about it a lot, Jason, you know, the, the, the feeling that, Hey, we're going to get this expert in a salesperson. We're going to get this person in and they're just going to make all of our problems disappear. And I can swan off and do whatever out. It, uh, it doesn't work like that at all, does it? So you cannot abdicate responsibility for looking after the client. Now, in terms of when you come in and start working with a new MSP, I often talk about um, you know outsourcing partners, VAs, virtual assistants, whoever it is that you're working with, treat them as part of your team. So give me a practical example, Jason. You start working with an MSP, they've got their own PSA tool, they've got their own RMM tool, they've got their own way of doing things. How do you integrate into that team?
1: And, and sorry, Richard, I, I'm going to answer your question. I just wanted to tell you what you were saying there about Please, um, yeah. joining forces with the team. Um, we both have a, a mutual friend. I, I won't mention uh, her MSP's name just in case Sheila. And uh, Sheila recently bought lunch for her pod. A very small gesture, but a gesture that embraced the team and sort of um, created a real unification between was effectively us and them and it makes such a great difference to morale output the the survey it, it's huge and so i would i would strongly encourage that is a great thing for for everyone and anyone um in regards to your question in particular that when when you're working with uh, someone like someone like uptime or to be honest, any outsourcer. Uh, and I speak openly about everyone because, um, we've all got slight unique challenges, but we haven't got, um, significant differences. The, the biggest thing is onboarding for us mm. it's huge onboarding is, and I think we've actually spoken about this before onboarding is, I believe the single most pivotal moment of our working relationship together. We are either setting ourselves up to, for success or we're setting ourselves up for failure. And much like building a house, you build it on poor foundations and and so on and so on. If we can set up in that onboarding period the most successful basis for us to be, uh, you know, scalable and, and all the good things that we want to achieve, then what you will find is like clockwork, the rest of it slots into place. And so ultimately what we're trying to do, and, and we've got a fairly structured and, and um, quite process-driven onboarding, uh, we try and create such a solid foundation that effectively as much as you grow or attract or whatever it is you do as an MSP, we have a, a basis in which allows us to be successful. And that means working with you know tools such as IT Glue or whatever the tool is that is a, a best practice, industry-renowned product. And when you put all of that together and onboarding and industry best practice products that we all know too well, what we eventually set ourselves up for is nothing but success. As long as we, your provider,
0: are there to answer your questions, help you when you need us. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. I want to delve into that a little bit more, but we are live. So we're getting comments, feedback coming back here. So uh, let's have a look. Uh, go across Ian Anderson Gray on Facebook says, can we? <laughs> Richard's having fun putting Jason on the spot. Can we put Richard on the spot and see if he freaks out? Please. Absolutely. Ian. Get the questions in. We'll, we'll, we'll put me on the spot. Jason would love that as well. And I should say, if, if, if I come across as um, as uh, uh, being cruel, putting Jason on the spot, we are good friends. Uh, I've got a huge amount of love and respect for the guy. So we're just having fun when we're doing it. So I've got please, a question go for you, Richard. Go for it. Put me on the spot. I want one of those t-shirts. Where do I get them from? The Tech Tribe t shirts. I do. I haven't seen that yet. Ah, well, there we go. So, our illustrious leader of the Tech Tribe, Nigel Moore, um, uh, very kindly gave me one of these t shirts when I uh, last got together with him. I will get one shipped across to the UK for you. And next time, I'll see you in person. (laughs) Uh, we we'll give me one. So you send me your t-shirt size, and I'll make sure there's one there for you. So I've, I shouldn't have said that. I'm. Uh, that's definitely putting me on the spot because <laughs> I know there's going to be dozens of comments from people saying, "I have a t-shirt as well." Man. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you speaking to? Me or everyone in the audience? <laughs> uh, I'm speaking just, just just to you. Just to be clear on that. Ian makes a good comment, uh, though. He also says when it comes to outsourcing, he thinks it can be, or refusing to outsource, can it be down to perfectionism and being a control freak? Absolutely. I think uh, Jason touched upon that. And I, I'm Jason, uh, just to prep you for the next question I'm going to ask, I want to delve into that a little bit more on that. But some of the other comments that were coming through live, feel free. Whatever channel you're on, leave a comment. Let us know uh, your questions for Jason, your questions on outsourcing delegations, team building, these are all things that uh, Jason is a world-class expert in. So Ben Ben Spector on LinkedIn says, I worked with Jason and the Uptime Solutions team when I was, I was an interim tech director at another MSP. It was a great way of scaling the business. If I was going to launch another MSP, I would definitely do that. So that is work with Uptime outsourced instead of building my own tech team. Jason, you've got a, a raving fans out in the, uh, the audience there.
1: It, it never gets it never gets any any different uh, to hear comments like that is still mesmerising because it's everything you set out to do day in day out and and you know sometimes you see the time I send my emails to you Richard um, we work tirelessly to deliver that so I'm very very thankful that Ben experienced that thank you Ben, um, ben but to please. go back to the point before um, please. about being a control freak um, that is. It's not a problem we're actually seeing a huge amount recently because uh, at the moment what we're seeing is a lot of people that are making a knee-jerk reaction to get some help because of what they've experienced in the past 12 months. So it's been very easy to deliver better than what they've been delivering because they've been in a tough, tricky spot typically. Um, but absolutely hit the nail on the head. When when you're a one-man MSP, or two-man MSP, whatever size you are, You see a ticket come in from a particular individual and you pick it up maybe in three, four minutes because you've seen it. You're watching your inbox or you're watching your ticketing system. Now, that's great, but it, it doesn't scale, unfortunately. And at some point in your own growth internally or your outsourcing journey, that's not sustainable And you have to drop it to be, and Richard, you probably know this more than than anyone, to be an MSP that offers those types of response times, even as you grow, your pricing would have to be phenomenal. It would be so, so sky high, it would never be uh, sustainable. So absolutely part of that journey is people have to suffer a little bit and try it themselves to realize that outsourcing actually is the best route. And it's only then that they typically appreciate
0: just how good we are at what we do. Yeah, makes absolute sense. So we've touched upon ego, um, uh, perhaps business owners not being able to relinquish control of things. And I will say, hands up, I still have that within my own team. I work with a you know a team of uh, outsourced people, and I'm constantly uh, being told, "Hey, leave us to get on with. We're really good at what we do." We touched upon that. I'll rewind a little bit. So um, uh, for anybody watching this who uh, perhaps I've not had the pleasure of speaking to before. So I used to run a managed service provider a business years ago, sold that business about uh, 10 years ago. And I would go as far as to say we were one of the pioneers of doing outsourcing, working with an outsourcing client like uh, Jason and the uptime team all the way back then. Now, Jason, we outsourced our NOC, our Network Operations Center, so um, we outsourced all of the patching, all of the server reboots, all of the management, the backup management, all of those things. But I will hold my hands up here and say, and I I don't think I'm alone in this, we were nervous about outsourcing our client-facing help desk. For some, for for the some of the reasons we talked about earlier, oh, nobody will will put up with it. Our clients won't uh, allow it, and all those sort of things. What do you have to say to that? You know, clients, uh, MSPs, comfortable with the back end being outsourced, but the front client facing, they're a little bit nervous about it.
1: I think that comes down to core values for me. Um, the amount of times that we have an MSP reach out and they're interested in what our core values are, um, because ultimately we want to align them as best. As we can Um, now five years ago ten years ago even I don't believe that people had the choice that they wanted or that they have now outsourcing was um, in the mainstream uh, was a select few companies and it was almost accepted that you had to send it offshore that was the only way in which we could do it uptime have come along effectively And we've shaken that tree and said, that's not the only way of doing it. So I completely hear that. I get it. 90% of the phone calls I have with new MSPs. But I think when you, when you experience us, when you experience how personable we are, and then when you experience uh, maybe an MSP that's worked with us, you will very quickly realize that actually, we are so close to being your internal help desk in terms of the personable and all of that good stuff that the differences are, are very minimal. Most of the time, our end
0: or the, the partners and customers, I should say, typically don't notice much of a difference, if at all. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And again, I think it comes down to, doesn't it, an assumption over what the client will and will not put up with for want of a better word my experience has been that if clients are getting good quality service from somebody who's personal got their best interest at heart they actually don't care where in the world they are what accent that they've got um as long as they get their work done you know we got another comment here uh, from claire on linkedin Uh, she says Um, And this is going back to the ego thing and maybe uh, people being reluctant to outsource. She says, I've done work across lots of different industries. I see this reluctance a lot. At what point through the suffering do MSPs take the first step and what does that first step look like? So to paraphrase the question here, at what point does the pain of not outsourcing get bigger than the pain of outsourcing? And then what's that very first step that you should take to outsource?
1: So I, I had a call like this this morning. So it's, it's so vivid in my mind right now. It's a, a great time to get that question. Thank you, Claire. It's uh, for most business owners, until they think or believe they're about to lose a customer, they do not pull the trigger. We are, and, and we were talking about Brad earlier. Brad said to me years ago, he said, I'm an IT guy. I hate change. And that's resonated with me for, for years and years. And it's true. It is not until most MSPs that we talk to that are on the fence, it's not until they believe they're about to lose money or revenue or profit, whatever it is that may be they're worried about, that they decide that something has to change. We are possibly too guilty in this industry of waiting until it's too late to make a change. And so usually there is something that's happened, a meeting, um, a complaint, something that has caused quite a a knee-jerk, harsh reaction, Jason, we need to speak straight away. I've got a problem I'd like to to get some help with. Now, as and when they're at that natural point in which outsourcing is a good jump and a natural jump and they're not, you know, too reserved about it, then it's where where do we start, Um, which is obviously what you said. Now, where you start, and, and I'm a big, big fan of this, is you start as small as you want. We don't mind whether you start with your biggest customer or your smallest customer. You start with the one that you think is the best fit to to get to know us effectively. And once we've demonstrated or once you've seen the proof in the pudding, that is when we can sit down with you. Our account manager can sit down with you. Uh, I can sit down with you. I don't mind who it is. can sit down with you and look at your strategic picture and the bigger picture and work out when, what comes across if something's suitable if it's not suitable um so we are completely open and transparent to allowing you to bring across your smallest customer or your biggest customer it's ultimately what makes you feel most comfortable so in terms of jumping in you don't need to jump in head first and hey everything goes over top time as of monday the first of october or whatever particular date, you can start small and you can grow the way we do contracts, Richard, and I'm not sure um, how you've done it in your MSP, but the way we do contracts with MSPs is we do it with you per end customer. So nice. if you've got customer A and you've got customer B, we've got two contracts together. They might have different pricing on because one's got a quantity discount we've done together. One might be 24-7. One might be in hours. Because we do contract per customer with you, you can be entirely flexible
0: and you can add retract as you feel necessary. Got it. Makes sense. So we've got to follow a similar sort of question to that, and it's from uh, Darren here asking the question: Do I need to move all of my MSP clients across to an outsourcing provider, or can I pick and choose?
1: Pick and choose, please. Uh, We, if if someone is not a, if you've got a customer, and typically this is the case, I see this all the time, and uh, I suspect once upon a time we had the same. Everyone's got that customer that is on a price that they would never possibly dream of offering now where, because of where they are. They're on a legacy price and they possibly lose double what it costs to, to um, build them or whatever. And that customer will never be a fit. You don't want to go into them and give them a sudden 200% price rise or whatever it is. So we, we get that. You can choose what customers that you put out to us. We've got APIs with all the major PSAs. So effectively, what we have is a workflow rule that says if it's customer A, B, C, Z, R, pass the tickets over to our our uptime team, and then you can choose to exclude any that you want to exclude. So absolutely full flexibility. Um, This is possibly something that I've heard quite a lot from, from industry experts is it should be easy to
0: work with a vendor. And therefore, hopefully what I've said shows you that we're easy to work with. Got it got a comment from alan here who's got i've got customers that i wouldn't wish on anybody let alone jason so uh, <laughs> we've got another uh, uh, a question here um and i'll anonymize this because i know the uh, the individual uh, concerns and they're asking about the size of their business what at what point of growth do you want to consider outsourcing? So this individual, to paraphrase, is a one-man band. So they're an IT technician okay. doing great work for, for their uh, uh, clients, are growing into the MSP model. Is it too early for them, Jason, to, to engage with Uptime or somebody like Uptime? Uh, this says two prongs.
1: Ultimately, it always depends where you want to take the business. I assume that this person would like to scale it. They'd like to grow. They'd like to uh, turn over more next year and the year after. In which case, if that's the case, you still think about outsourcing. In regards to when, there is a fine line. As an entrepreneur, you are not going to be rich immediately. You're not going to be you know, earning the money you'd like to earn immediately. If you can get by on what you've got coming in and outsource, I would highly recommend you do it right at that moment. As long as you can get by and you can take the money you need to live and function and all that good stuff and there's enough money left to outsource your customers, do it as early as you can, because the quicker you outsource, the quicker you free yourself up. The quicker you free yourself up, the quicker you get your sales and marketing together, the quicker you start your marketing campaigns, and then they take six months to kick in and start generating. And so the the journey, the chain reaction starts to happen earlier. Now, only this person will know what they need to live on. So I suspect you need to get to a place where you can live the life you'd like to live, and have enough left in the pot to outsource those customers. And that's the right moment for you to have a conversation with someone.
0: That makes sense. So along the uh, similar lines of finances and the cost of outsourcing or the investment required there. So I was having a conversation just this week, uh, Jason, with, and this must be a common scenario for you. The MSP was saying, we're trying to recruit two engineers at the moment, first line and uh, a more experienced engineer. And it is a pain. The quality of CVs we're getting through is not good enough. The people we're speaking to have got the qualifications, want way too much money. Give, give me and give our audience today, uh, and you don't have to use specific uh, figures, but wherever they're watching in the world, it's going to cost so much for a first-line engineer, so much for a senior engineer. How does outsourcing stack up financially against recruiting individual engineers? So it's very difficult to make a
1: direct comparison of an engineer's salary to an outsourcing cost. Um, Now, that answer in itself demonstrates some of the problem. Working out how many people it takes to deliver X, when sometimes, you know, in COVID, the average tickets per person went up by 150% based on what we saw. So. On that metric, it's changed suddenly overnight and we're still not quite normal. We're still slightly above average, but we're possibly going back to normal. Because it's very difficult to work out the cost or, or I guess, the, the value in which a person can look after and then the cost of outsourcing, it's very difficult to make a comparison. So what I would suggest instead is outsourcing deals with that problem of finances being hard or difficult. Now we went, we were talking earlier about many business owners or many of the MSP business owners. We are text converted into business people possibly. And and maybe we read too many books trying to get up to scratch as quickly as we can. And I looked up Nigel and Richard, because I saw one of your books above me. Uh, okay. Now when, when, when you are looking at your finances as an MSP, one man band, five man band, whatever, it is very difficult to work out your cost of delivery, the co- you know your cost of office space, your cost of engineers, the cost of your tooling, the cost of the electricity, and the list goes on and on. With outsourcing, what you have is a simple, it cost me X, I sell it for Y type model. And so whilst you can't directly compare the cost of an engineer with the cost of outsourcing, if you look at it holistically, so top down, just looking down at it, what is far better and easier for doing is working at how much money you make per customer over X lifetime, and the maths becomes much easier. So it becomes more of a, uh, a product, if you like, than a service in that I know I buy this for a pound, I sell it for two pounds, I'm making a pound a month, and so on. So whilst it's quite difficult to uh, to compare the cost of technicians to the cost of outsourcing, What we could do, and what we do sometimes do with people, is we get a list of customers, a rough breakdown number of devices or number of users. We'll price it up for them, and then we'll take that number, look at what they're currently spending on hiring or firing or whatever it is, or staffing, and then we'll look at how they compare. The reason, and just following on from that, that it's also very difficult to compare, is if you go, and we go back to the question we just had um, from the anonymous person, at some point, hiring that first person is going to be something in their mind. Now, how do you calculate that that person's going to have four weeks off a year? They're possibly going to take five, six, six sick days a year. You don't have to worry or think about that of outsourcing. Our cost doesn't matter if one engineer goes off because you've got a pool. Um, and so the, the math starts to become quite, quite difficult. But effectively... Whilst they're not direct comparisons, you can you can look holistically and say, This is how much it's gonna cost me to outsource and support all of my users or or, or um, customers and this is how much it's gonna cost me to go and get a staff member who might be able to cover most of them on a normal day.
0: Yeah. Jason, you've heard me use the phrase before, uh, eat your own dog food. The French say, drink your own champagne. We talk about it in the IT industry a lot. What it means is when you're talking to clients, you don't say to clients, do as I say, not as I do. So going back to what I said earlier on about um, MSPs, IT outsourcers, perhaps not outsourcing as much as they should, uh, You know that question that I've just asked you there, all the things that you as an MSP sell to your clients, hey, don't worry about you know looking after your IT. We are the experts of that. Sure, you could hire an IT person internally, but you'll have to train them. You'll have to pay them sick pay. You'll have to pay them for holidays. Plus, they've only got a limited amount of knowledge, not breadth of knowledge. For me, those are all the compelling reasons why an MSP should be looking at outsourcing some, if not uh, you know, uh, many of their functions. So uh, I find it really fascinating, Jason. It's not a question there, just more of a, a, a comment. And uh, I, I... Just... Sorry, Richard. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. In, terms, In terms
1: of mind space, you know, it's, there's scientific evidence around mind space and, and keeping your mind on certain things. That's ultimately the reason uh, when you look at someone like Mark Zuckerberg, right, he wears the same clothes because he, he wants to remove that distraction from his life. Everything we've just talked about, PAYE, HR, hiring costs, holiday, that's all taking up mindshare. Mindshare that is probably taking your focus off what you're delivering or what you're selling or what you're providing. And so that's the other part of it, which is very difficult to put a a figure on, is it's from what we see. And uh, I don't have industry stats, but typically people that outsource end up growing quicker because they have the mindshare to focus on sales and marketing and they're not focusing on operations, hiring, firing, uh, whatever, you know, the background stuff is that, that goes on there. So I think that's also a very valid point. And I, you know, we get to do these things. I'm very appreciative that we get to share time with each other. And, and that's because I've got the mindshare to do this. And as an MSP is certainly one man band that must be near on, on impossible to book this because How do
0: you know if the phone's going to ring when you're on that? Yeah, absolutely. I want to change tact a little bit now. So we've we've touched upon a little bit on trust and the idea that outsourcing takes a degree of trust, you've got to build trust with a company like Uptime Solutions. And let's be honest there, there's other companies out there that do outsourcing. You know, this is not an advertisement for Uptime Solutions. i have just got a high amount of respect for Jason. He answers questions we ask him very openly and honestly. So uh, uh, thank you again, Jason, for, for doing that. Don't ever change. But it has been a very challenging year. It's been a very challenging few months for MSPs when it comes to trust of vendors and cyber security. So, again, let me put you on the spot a little bit here. How do you make sure the uptime and your clients stay safe? How do you make sure the uptime is not that next headline on ZDNet or the register saying these guys have been hacked?
1: Wow, well, this is – I've never been asked this, Richard, and it's something that uh, me and Brad speak about all the time. Uh, it's the age yeah, job what keeps you up at night. And you want to make sure you're always at the forefront of, of whatever's happening. For the primary thing for us that is is the foundation, if you like, is our ISO certifications. I know many people have them. We've got ISO twenty seven thousand one nine thousand one. Uh, ironically enough, we renewed them just last week, so this is this is good timing for uh, for this event to happen. Um, that sets the foundation in terms of. Your employee handbooks, the good practice, making sure everyone's on the same page, processes, etc. The the second thing is going back to what you said before: eating your own sauce or wh- whatever the phrase was you used there is eating effectively your own, dog food. <laughs> your own dog food. Sorry, I don't know where I got sauce from. Um, sauce is a much more you, polite Version. version. <laughs> uh, so, in regards to eating your own dog food, we have to do very much that. Um, Now, we do not publicly share everything that we do for certain reasons, which I'm sure everyone will understand. But to talk of just a few is we do embrace all of the SOC tooling that we ourselves provide as part of our SOC service. They're all in place. Things that you would expect any customer to have that you struggle probably to get in sometimes. Phishing training, uh, managed threat detection and response, uh, log analysis, all of that good stuff. Um, So we do the physical principles and then as engineers we have the what i would call person principles which is the having certain way of doing things so simple things on the help desk like we don't accept password reset requests over the phone so as a provider we took and we've got a bit of assured we have to do this um from some msps but ultimately it worked out uh, successfully and We thank our partner council, advisory council, for continuing to give us feedback on all of this. Is when we implemented uh, no password resets over the phone, it was because of phone spoofing and all of these good things that, uh, bad things that continue to arise. So now, what we do when we get a call, we log a ticket, we take the ticket, we hang up after informing them, we then call them back on the registered phone number that we've got for them on the system, and we confirm it was them and that they're happy for their password to be reset. That is just one simple way of almost eliminating the vast majority. And that's what we're here to do is, and I'm not a security speaker, so I'll speak carefully. We can't ever eliminate 100%. But if we can eliminate with our MSPs the 99% of every possible one or every possible thing that's out there, then we stand a very, very good chance. On top of that, just the other final thing, because obviously we we have a sock in terms of eating our own dog food, um, just this morning we sent out a newsletter about two vulnerabilities that were found. There was one found in Atira RMM and there was one found in uh, Exchange the minute we become notified of that we get comms out and then we are literally running scripts across thousands and thousands of agents to see who's affected and when trying to put the proactive back into security
0: rather than just the i've been compromised i need to do something about it got it makes sense again i put you on the spot there i tell you this guy is unflappable so uh, we <laughs> we are live here today across <laughs> all the channels if you've got any questions at all for jason as we come into uh, the the last quarter of our um, uh, Tub Talk live today, please get them in. Any questions, comments at all, Jason? As you've already seen, is more than happy to answer any questions that we throw at him. A couple of quick fire questions here, uh, Jason, that have come in. Uh, one of them yeah. is: Let's put a smile on my face. I want to know what Jason outsources himself. Uh, we outsource part of our finance. Um, we outsource our HR. Um,
1: and a little bit of our marketing.
0: Cool, makes sense. Sorry, that uh, was that
1: was so quick fire. I had to think about
0: it. <laughs> no, I, I think the question I was putting you on the spot. I said earlier, not on, in my opinion, not enough IT outsourcers outsource. Somebody clearly wants to know if the IT outsourcers outsources, outsources outsource. outsource, and they do. So we're st- we're on track here. Uh, another quick fire question here. Simple one. Where is the uptime team based?
1: Oh, this,
0: if there was an, I
1: might have to do this one day. I might have to have a, uh, a, a board here and I have the number one question down to 10 and we'll have the hot questions. Uh, so the team, we are, uh, it's British summertime. So we are 8am till 8pm from the UK, from London Gatwick. I say London Gatwick, it's cruelly, but London Gatwick sounds fancier. Um, we are then 8pm back through to 8am from New Zealand, Auckland, uh that's again our own team our own uh, guys out there fantastic guys and then when it gets to winter we we just it's slightly changed it's just 7 p.m to 7 a.m
0: rather than 8 p.m got it understood cool keep those questions coming in those live questions if you are listening to this on the recording where were you we were having a lot of fun doing this live this episode <laughs> will be uh, edited and put online for tub talk subscribers uh to the podcast here so uh again um we 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 Squeeze every uh, drop of juice out of this content that we produce here. So uh, thank you for joining us. Now, Jason, you alluded to it earlier, but you're a student of this industry. I have rarely come across anybody as motivated to learn and grow as a leader as you. What motivates Jason Kemsley in business and in life?
1: Oh, Richard, we're getting personal now. We are. are (laughs) So...
0: The, the first
1: thing is um, I've got three plaques on the wall at the back. These are plaques that have been handwritten to me from my nan, my mum, my dad, on uh, principles that, that they think drive me, uh, things like determination and the the sort of core values. I When I was growing up and I started in the pharmacy industry at 16, um, I was one of the youngest ever people to start in the pharmacy industry, and I was – working my way, doing all my qualifications as quickly as I could. And I just realized the day-to-day was the same. I knew what I would be doing at 10 a.m. every morning. I knew what I'd be doing at 1 o'clock every day. I had a lunchtime in between 12 and 1. And for me, the variety just had to be there. So when when I came into the MSP industry um, and, and in the last few years become more and more prominent in it, I've realized that I get more satisfaction out of helping people than I do anything else. I must be the number one outsourcing referrer in this industry in that, quite often I'll say to someone, we are not the best company to outsource to. You might want to go to this com- try this company because they do exactly what you've just mentioned. And I'm a, I'm a real sucker for that, but uh, I'd, I'd like to think, and I've been sort of taught that it's not what you know, it's who you know. And effectively, if I if I create some trust with the people that I've become friends with in this industry, then at some point it will be the right time for you, us to work together. And I,
0: I look forward to that day. Yes, and that is a wonderful answer. And I love the uh, the plaques behind you as well um, uh, from your family. What, what, a, what a wonderful thing. I will say this up front. I think you are one of the nicest people in this industry. You are a member of the tech tribe, which – we alluded to it earlier, which is totally vendor neutral, but you give freely of your time and experience not to sell to people, not to say, hey, come and join us as uptime partners. You just talk openly about this industry, what you've learned, how to enable people. I have seen you help customers of other outsourcing companies to re-engage with their outsourcing provider and do well there. What does the MSP community mean to you? (sighs) The MSP, P community, hmm.
1: Richard, you'll really hear me with ones that you've never, we've never discussed <laughs> these. And, and I feel like I should be more polished with my answers, but I think I have never, ever seen, heard, or witnessed, and I watch a lot of speakers, um, people like Grant Cardone, people like Gary V. Velchuk, who's going to be at some of the IT events, watch these people for a couple of years now. I've never seen an industry so willing to help each other despite being competitors. And so the, I, I hate to give you the, the simplistic answer, but the word community literally means community. It's not a, you know, I can't imagine what it's what it's like, but it's not like a, going to an event, seeing your competent competitor across the room, you're giving each other evil eyes or whatever. I had, and, and you had the pleasure of seeing it, we had two partners on our partner advisory council, Who literally are competitors in the same postcode area and they were freely given advice to each other on how to better themselves in the business and to me that's that is everything the fact it is a community and ultimately i get to do this and learn at the same time who who wouldn't
0: take that opportunity yeah absolutely Uh, i something else i want to ask you um I said you're a student in the game. I've seen you put an incredible amount of time and effort and energy into learning. You've got those wonderful plaques behind you from your uh, family. Um, Who are the individuals you respect in the uh, MSP industry or further afield? You mentioned a couple uh, from the wider world of business already. Can you give any recommendations for smart people our listeners can seek out and follow?
1: So uh, he's not going to like me for doing this. Uh, Bradley, well, Bradley Monday, as for people that don't know him, who is uh, the managing director of Uptime, is the single smartest man I've ever spoken to. He's, uh, he's had some incredibly technical conversations with me. I've never seen him not be able to fix something, whether it's the first time he's looked at it or or the hundredth time. I would suggest if you want to have your, your brain sent in a spiral, he is a great person to talk to. Outside of Brad and more mainstream, um, I I forgot the guy's name, so I'm just looking up at the book. Uh, Gino Wickman from yeah. the, uh, the, the EOS series. When we implemented EOS uh, last, start of this year, we implemented EOS to become more efficient as a, a leadership team. Since going on to read his other books and see the journey he had as an entrepreneur, business person, whatever it may be, you realize that we all think we're unique businesses, but the principles are all the same, right? And it's not until you, you, you grasp that, and Gino explains it fantastically. So I would strongly recommend anyone outside of that goes and reads a, a Gino Whitman book because
0: you'll realize that it is simpler than you are making it. We will include details to check out Gina Whitman's books in the show notes that go along uh, with this for the podcast listeners. But yeah, great recommendation. And you and I were only chatting the other day about Brad, Bradley Munday, You're the the CEO of Uptime uh, Solutions. And we were saying, Brad, you should be on camera more. We should get you on camera, sharing your wisdom, sharing all that goodness with people. So there you go. We've put Brad on the spot and he's not even here, but we want to see Brad on camera a little bit more. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely yeah let's make, let's make that happen so uh final call for questions uh for jason now if you've got any burning questions about outsourcing uh, this is the man to ask uh, so feel free to ask a question across any of the channels uh, we've got a question come in here uh jason and we go for, for those watching live <sighs> right. get a grip. just a so quick Gina and jason showing the book on uh, screen we got a question here um we're considering outsourcing however we've made a significant investment in PSA and RMM tools over the year. I've been told that outsourcing companies prefer to use their own tools. How, how would you answer that? I guess, you know, you can't speak for, for everyone, but Uptime Solutions, if a company's an MSP's got their own PSA, own RMM tools, they're happy with it, it works, what do you say to them in that situation when they're thinking about outsourcing?
1: Uh, so it's twofold. So, so you don't have to get rid of them to work with us i'm just thinking sorry of the uh, i think there's there's a there's quite a few including us where you don't have to pardon me get rid of your tools they will bolt into your tools They benefit from them um however i i appreciate you've obviously spent a lot of time effort getting them to a certain level there is then that cost of maintaining them at that level and continuing to add to them at some point you're probably going to have to work out if you if you optimise and, and sort of start with an outsourcer fully or continue to embrace your own tools that you've currently got. Now, there is no problem having your PSA. There is no problem having your RMM. We bolt into both of them. We've got APIs. A lot of the outsourcers have got APIs that can bolt into them. However, you are, depending on how much you use outsourcing, you are still going to need to keep that maintained yourself because that is you own that platform, which you will platform. We'll look after your customers, but you still have a responsibility for the platform, keeping it up and running, keeping it ticking, and you know security questions for it, etc. So there's no harm in having it. Is it the most efficient thing? No. However, if you put that much time and money that you you don't want to write that off, keep it. That's not a problem. I, what I would strongly suggest is you share with us or whoever. Sorry, I shouldn't say us. Someone like me, whoever at these other companies, show us what you've got. Happy to do an NDA. Show us what you've got and why it's so mature. And let me see if I can. It might be that ours already does all of that. And so you're not losing any real investment or functionality. Um, So it's very difficult to go into specifics, but I'd more than happily take a look at it. But you do not need to get rid of that. We can bolt into your platforms. Um, and use API functionality to pull tickets, pull notification alerts, monitoring alerts, etc.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, so we've got it, it's it's more of a, a comment here than uh, than than a, a question. It's about tool sets. Okay. Well, I guess it is a question. In sorts. is there any tools within the MSP industry that you highly rate? This is the a question of. Uh,
1: a day of firsts today. I um, I don't know about you, and I have no affiliation with any other company, just to be clear. I think Halo PSA are doing a fantastic job. Mm. I, I, I really, really do. I think um, it, they've taken the market at the right time. They're doing a, a good thing. I also believe, and, and a lot of people might think the contrary of this, given the size of the organization, given the – the nature of what they offer, I still think Datto do a phenomenal job given where they sit. That if you think of how big they are, if you think of how much churn change they've had, they've been venture capital all of these changes. And we still see them as, and I still see them as a market leader in terms of a secure RMM. Um, their CISO, uh, Chief Information Security Officer, has just won more awards for uh his contributions. Yeah. Ryan weeks um, isn't it? Yeah. Is that his name?
0: And yeah, I've had him on the podcast before. Really smart guy.
1: Really? Okay. So yeah, I and I, it's very easy to put down a company of that size. Um, you know, because you have one person that maybe won't do something or whatever. But for their size, their change, they've they've done a, a great, great job. Um and finally I know it's not a vendor, but it kind of counts. I have seen this community revitalised by the Tech Tribe, and whilst it isn't a vendor, I, I had the pleasure of speaking with Nigel um, just a few months ago. His his mindset towards doing everything with his customer in mind just blew blew me away. Um, and for anyone that hasn't seen it, what, what Nigel's got on his desk is a it's a toy. Is it a toy, Richard? Have you seen it? It's like a teddy or yeah it sits on top of his microphone yeah does it and he said to me this is my customer i pretend this is my customer and every decision i make i, I look at this and i think is that in the best interest of my customer and so I, I i don't think and i don't know why not every msp is part of that community yet because
0: um it, it truly is staggering some of the value that he's adding yeah. Couldn't agree more. I, I've said this publicly a number of times, but you know, I'm a big part of the tech tribe. I love working alongside Nigel. Um, if the tech tribe had been around when I was running an MSP, my life would have been so much easier so uh, but you mentioned some good people there Uh, so Halo PSA an interesting one Uh, Tim Bowers the CEO there we must get him on the podcast have a conversation with him so you're not the first person to to share good things about him so I'm looking at the comments here you are going to be a very busy person afterwards because there's a lot of people showing interest in uh, uptime solutions and outsourcing Um (laughs) 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 with that said I want to ask you It's sort of uh, just as we come towards the end here final question are there any red flags for you brad the team at uptime solution when you're going into a conversation with an msp are there any red flags for you that say no we're not going to proceed you are not going to be a good fit for us as a customer there are and um,
1: I, we, we, I always like to think i've been sort of transparent and honest with everyone i speak to uh, we have learned them through being burnt like every MSP, we've had we've been burned by a couple, um, and so we've we've very much learned from it, and they've become red flags. the uh, The single biggest thing is uh, re- respect and professionalism, and and the final one, which is the most important, fairness. I taught every MSP I talk to, uh, I, and I had it again this morning in the same conversation I mentioned earlier. I turned to the MSP and I said, I promise you, you're going to have an issue with us. He said, what do you mean? I said, I promise you, you're going to have an issue. At some point, a ticket's not going to go the way you want it. And you're going to have a a problem and you're going to need to speak to your account manager, service delivery, whoever. And he said, "Okay." And I said, but that's the point. We're always going to have issues. The difference is, I promise you that we're going to do absolutely everything to make sure it never happens again and make sure we're there when you need us as opposed to when you do need us not being there. So I, uh, for me, the biggest red flag is making sure that we are fair together. There's going to be an odd occasion that something doesn't go quite right. We're in a human service. We're in a, a busy growing industry like the industry's never seen it before. Whether you had an internal help desk or an external, there's always that one little thing that you would change how it happened or what happened. So be fair with us, be respectful. And I think... I, there's no reason why we can't have a, a, a
0: sort of promising and flourishing relationship and partnership. Yeah. We've got a flurry of questions coming in towards the end. Unfortunately, we're almost out of time. I apologize. Um, I, we will ask Jason for his contact details in a moment so you can continue the conversation with him. But two comments I just want to bring uh, uh, to, to the surface here. Uh, Vera Tuki on uh, LinkedIn. So Vera, a wonderful woman in IT, uh, doing great things in this industry. Uh, and to, to your point about the MSP community, she said the MSP community is a one of a kind. And the sense of camaraderie that we have, even as competitors, is really hard to explain to outsiders. She said thank you and well said, Jason Kemsley. Uh, Vera going to be a guest on the uh, podcast very, very soon. Looking forward to that. And your colleague, friend and partner, Brad Munday, is watching live oh, on LinkedIn no. as well. He says, Jason Kemsley. Thanks, mate. You're a great guy. Thanks for all the kind words. P.S. He loves the makeup that you're wearing for the live. He says it's totally unpointed. Here's it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that couldn't stay sensible. It couldn't stay sensible. <laughs> but There you go. Uh, Jason like, you know this has been absolutely brilliant really love this we've had a lot of fun doing it. I think it's uh, clear to anybody watching this that you were really open and honest person uh, and, and that's what draws so many people to wanting to work with you and Uptime Solutions so thank you really appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me for, for those anybody who's watching this today wants to reach out to you continue the conversation talk Uptime or talk anything about the MSP industry what's the best way they can reach you?
1: Let me start, Richard, by doing something I don't think has happened. Thank you, because you work tirelessly and call me to deliver value and think of new ways to give back, and and this is just one of them. So thank you for your work and uh, for having me. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to buying you a beer in person. Um, My details, I think they are below. Yeah, they are. Look at this. I feel like I'm on TV here. Um, They are below. Whether you want to talk about uptime and outsourcing or you just want my opinions and you're with another outsourcer i really honestly and i mean this from what my heart do not mind if it's someone else you're looking at or us or just something in general
0: i will help and there's my details below if you want to contact me so jason k at uptimesolutions.co.uk is the best one i want to give a shout out here as well and say thank you to Ben, Rick, and the team at Fresh Productions for helping us pull together this tub talk live, for doing the brilliant lower thirds, for making me and Jason look like a million dollars, and that is a tough gig. Let me tell you up front. Uh, ben, That's Jason, uh, Ben, Rick, and team at Fresh Productions, do a great job um, uh, putting together these live stream events if you are a vendor or an msp watching this and you want a partner for your live streams fresh productions do a brilliant job uh jason this has been an absolute thrill really good fun to chat with you and i hope fingers crossed that we get to say hello in person over a beer very very soon i hope so too i look forward to it thank you everyone who watched (laughs) thanks for joining us today that concludes today's tub talk live i'll look forward to seeing you next month